Welcome to Voices from the Dales with me, Andrew Fagg. This is a podcast published by the Dales Countryside Museum in Hawes. We're back in Gale by the Ford over the Beck for episode five of this second series on dialect as spoken by the people of this village and the wider parish of Hawes within which it sits in Upper Wensleydale. In my hand, well, protected by a plastic packet, is a slim booklet, booklet, given to me a few years ago by a friend, Margaret Iverson. Gale Fork, it says on the cover, F-O-O-A-K, the word is spelt, Gale Fork, the Gale Fork, dialect verses by George Calvert. Inside, there's no publishing information, no date, only 16 typewritten pages of verse. In this episode, Series 2 special guests, Rob and Val Ward, will remember George Calvert. He was an albino, wasn't he? Mm. Pink eyes and white hair. And his brother was as well, wasn't he? Ah, Jim. And Val Ward will read his dialect verse. Out Kit looked up and Dan stood still. His ears popped from his heard. His ears popped from his heard. His eyes popped from his head. So let us begin. But to introduce George Calvert properly, let's leave the beck and walk about 50 metres to his favourite place. I've come to stand on the sandstone steps of Gale Chapel, black metal railings to either side, large double doors behind, and in the distance, were it not for the cloud and the rain, there will be Great Shunafell rising up. Many people have a fondness for this place, including me. It's where I came to Sunday school, where I got married, and where I'm a member today. In the 1960s and 70s, the chief steward was George Calvert. In one of his verses, he says, in this place, people sang praises, we are gusto it made your throats thrive with a gusto that made your throats thrive. Here's Rob Ward explaining how Taylor Dinsdale, remember him from episode three, and other chapel members would, at that time, travel to venues around the Dale. Taylor was one of the preachers that used to go with to various chapels when Gail Choir went singing. And uh, with George Richardson was another one. W.J. Dinsdale was another one. And we used to go with either a bus or cars to various chapels to sing. And George Calvert, who was Margaret Agar's father, he used to more or less run chapel. He used to more or less run the chapel. That was George Calvert. And the dialect verse he wrote and performed during those choir trips were often about chapel people. The first poem we're going to look at is called Paper Lad, the Paper Lad. It's about Pasty John Mason, a chapel member in Hawes who, even as a very old man, came to Gale delivering newspapers. Here's Val Ward speaking first of John Mason, then reading the opening verse of the poem. Paper lad. Well, he was no lad. When I knew him, he was 80s, in his 80s, 90s perhaps. And he was part of the Mason family, the, the patriarch of the Mason family of Ivor and Philip and Peter and all them and he was quite a character um, he, had, he hadn't much patience for young children 
hysterical, but very honest and true. Paper, paper, paper. This is his morning song he sings. He calls for his house, calls at West Bank, and then up to Lilings. He briskly walks to Gailoneard, while Rivers stood with Van. Then he fills his bag with papers to carry out his morning plan. Here's the verse again with the dialect explained. Paper, paper, paper. This is his morning song he sings. Paper, paper, paper. This is his morning song he sings. He calls for his house, calls at West Bank, and then up to Lilings. He comes from the Hawes, calls at West Bank, and then up to the Little Ings. He briskly walks at Gailoneard, while Rivers stood with Van. He briskly walks to the Gale Lane head, where Ivor is stood with the van. Now for the next two verses. He'll start his round up to Argyll, at Miley Doad Doad's he'll call. There may be ever an argument. Then he'll say, I'll have to go up. He sets off running, away up gates. He opens every door. If you're there, he'll hand you papers. If you're not, they'll thrown up flour. Of course, you know he's in a rush. He hasn't time to wait. Unless you've coffee brew in its pot and summit on a plate. Of course, he's nabbit a lad, you know. Just wheel turned 83. He has to have his belly filled. Folk at Gale don't want him to do. He starts the round, round, up the Hargill. At Miley's he'll caw, call. Up the Geats he goes, that's a street in Gale, and opens every doer, opens every door. If you're there, he'll hand you the paper, and... If you're not, they're thrown on the floor. If you're not, they're thrown on the floor. He's in a rush unless you've coffee brewed, or summat on a plate, something on a plate. He's nabbit a lad, you know. Nothing but a boy, just turned 83. He has to have his belly filled because... Folk at Gale don't want him to die. People in Gale don't want him to die. We skip a verse and then George Calvert gets personal. But after all this fun and grand, it's not just paper trade. He'll talk about the things of God. John Mason's not afraid. His main joy spreading gospel news. As he goes up and down, is praising God at every step for he trades on solid ground. It's a privilege to meet him with his fierce light rising sun. It doesn't matter where or when, is a work for every young. Is a fine outstanding specimen with an intellectual brain. And oh, call him just a marvel, sick of memory to maintain. Sicker memory means such a memory. There's hardly another person who could deliver those lines as Val can. Once again, it's the turning of a one-syllable word into a two-syllable word that gives Dale's dialect its fruitiness. His main joy spreading gospel news. Spreading the gospel news. It's a privilege to meet him with his face like rising sun. With his face like the rising sun.
Now get ready for this. Don't think me mad, but isn't there more than a passing resemblance between Dale's dialect and the dialect of Jamaica? Am I got tired to see with me? Yes. That's Bob Marley singing Bad Card. You're going to get tired of seeing my face. Fierce, he sings. It's just like the dialect of Gale. We is fierce like rising sun. Tangent over. Let's turn our fierces back to the final verse of Pierpalad. He'll bring out if you'll nab it, just ask him. No matter whatever it may be. It's near trouble to John. He'll say it it's done. I'll never forget his fine friendship and his smile as he goes up and down. God bless him and keep him forever till up yonder he puts on his croon. He'll bring out, he'll bring anything, the verse started, if you'll nab it, just ask him, if you'll only just ask him. And God bless him till he puts on his croon, puts on his crown. Before we come to a second poem, let's have a little story from special guest Rob Ward about this particular location. As I said, I'm stood on the steps of Gale Chapel. For most of the last century, if you'd stood here, you would have looked out not upon the Little Ings housing estate as you would today, but on a large allotment site. Now, just so you can get this story, do you remember Lizzie Alderson from episode two? We used to have a dinner at night when my husband came back from work, you know. Well, Lizzie's husband was another George, George Alderson, whose nickname was Laps. Rob's story about him came when I asked him to recall the allotments. How did you feel about the end of the allotments? Well, we were a bit upset because I had an allotment with George Calvert that were on about his poems today. George and I shared one because he had to pay rent for them. A family usually had a hen pen and an allotment, and hens supplied them with eggs, and allotment supplied them with veg. And uh, uh, Laps, George Alderson, who was Lizzie's, who we were talking about earlier on, he used to be best gardener, did Laps. Well, when we were kids, of course we pinched peas and one thing or another out at garden, and Laps used to lean over the gate to keep guard, it, to watch if anybody's about. And I, I think it was Red Jugill then, he was talking to Laps. And he says, how come they never gets any peas or out pinched out of the garden? He says, I caught them the other day. I was waiting for them. I said, I hid down with one of my cabbages. <laughs> Making folk think it was a hell of a cabbage. How could he hide behind a cabbage? Well, how could he? Just, it was saying, it was... More or less telling Red Joe he grew up best cabbages. He, they were that big he could hide behind them. From cabbages, let's turn to potatoes. And the second George Calvert dialect poem. It's called Kit Storer. Kit Storer was a lyal, leet, timid chap. A little, light-boned man. The poem tells of how two men, Butcher Tom and Taylor, got some entertainment out of old Kit by challenging him to carry three huge bags of potatoes on his back from Hargill Heard, that's near Galebridge, back to his heam, home. Kit Storer, a lie, late, timid chap up gates. The code in Kitty Storer, he answered witted Butcher Tom and Taylor to their sorrow. 
for four and twenty steering his spuds that challenged him to hug. For at Hargill heard, up to his heam, while Susie made him snug. The filled three bags right up to top, with six and twenty steering, the thout that done him right for its start, the made poor kitty green. Tout chap, he drunced and wobbled as they placed him on his rig, but kitty spurred his spirits, see him as when he bowed like pig. He set off like a lamplighter for its shop at Argyleard, while Tom and Taylor groaned and laughed. They said, our bigger leered, but they were sucked, for Kit trudged on, right on to toos, through Dewar, and said to Susie, no, me lass, Aunt Table, or Aunt Flewer. So old Kitty Stora made it. The fourth verse describes how when Kit gets his wind back, his breath back, he tells Susie those fools Taylor and Tom had said if he could hug, that is, carry the potatoes home, I could have them for me own. I could have them for my own. I've come from the chapel to Bexteans, the road by Gale Bridge, the place, if you remember, where Rev James Alderson was born. It's a dowly day and you can almost hear the rumble of the beck. And I want to leave you with one more extraordinary image from a George Calvert poem. In my grandfather, he writes that his grandfather was a Methodist preacher who, instead of hiding indoors during thunderstorms, would come out right here to sit on the wall, the wall. It'd be about the year 1930. And on this wall, his arms wide out he'd hod. He would hold his arms out wide and in the thunder hear the voice of God. Then he'd gang out and ever sit across on Bexteen Wall, looking right up into Tevens, nobody he would call. There he would sit in thunderstorm, his arms wide out, he'd odd. And shoot, me friends, it's glory to hear the voice of God. Val Ward reading the dialect verse of the late George Calvert. Next time on Voices from the Dales, we'll meet more Gale characters and draw series two to a close, for now at least, with reflections on the state of Dales dialect. Thank you for listening.